This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. My name is Nicole Rizzo-Smith. I'm an associate at Sunstein, Con Murphy & Timbers in Boston. I focus on trademark and copyright prosecution and enforcement as well as IP litigation. And prior to law school, I worked on campaigns, starting with the Gore presidential campaign, and I helped out with the recount effort in Florida, and I've continued to be involved in politics since that time. Listeners can access the article at my firm's website, which is sunsteinlaw.com. The name of the article is Refrain from Using My Refrain. I thought that there was an interesting intersection here between copyright law and politics in the news lately, with so many examples of politicians using famous songs at campaign rallies and then being contacted or sued by the artists who made those songs famous. So specifically, most recently, Newt Gingrich was sued for his use of the song Eye of the Tiger at the annual Conservative Political Action Conference, allegedly since 2009. He's used it every year. And Mitt Romney had been using Kanan's song, Waving Flag, until he received a cease and desist letter from that artist recently. And Michelle Bachman had used the song, American Girl, by Tom Petty. And George W. Bush also used the Tom Petty song, I Won't Back Down, at rallies. And both times, Tom Petty sent a cease and desist letter. And back in 2008, Sarah Palin took the stage at the Republican National Convention while the song Barracuda by Hart was playing. And apparently Hart had written that song in the 70s about the corporate nature of the music business with the Barracuda representing the business. And so Hart had said in a statement that they found it ironic that the Republican Party had chosen to use that song, but they were not happy about it. And also in 2008, John McCain was sued when he used the Jackson Brown song, Running on Empty, in a campaign commercial, but they settled and he issued a public apology. So it seems that this is an issue that we're increasingly hearing more and more about. It seems that the choice of a theme song for a candidate would be something that's carefully considered and that someone on the campaign staff would think to seek permission to use the song of choice. Now, this might not always be the case, especially for a small local campaign with a skeleton staff, but for a national campaign, it's hard to believe that no one has considered seeking a license. It seems more likely that it's just easier to use a song and assume the risk of doing so rather than try to seek permission, which might not be granted or which might come with restrictions and especially for Republican candidates because the music industry doesn't typically support conservative candidates. They don't really have a lot of music to choose from if they're going to try to get the artist's blessing. So it's just easier to use a song and assume that even if the copyright owner goes so far as to bring a lawsuit, which until recently was rare, they could just stop using it. So at that point, at least the impression on voters and the connection to the campaign would have already been made. If an artist does decide to take action, the most obvious type of legal challenge to the unauthorized use of music would be a copyright infringement claim. But many campaigns, especially the national campaigns, do have blanket licenses that they've purchased from a performing rights organization, which would cover a wide variety of music similar to what a bar or restaurant would have. So in that case, there wouldn't be a copyright claim. And indeed, in many of the examples I just gave, the response from the campaign to a cease and desist letter was, well, I already obtained the rights and I have a blanket license, but I'll stop using the song out of respect for the artist. In that case, there might be a claim still from the artist that sounds more in trademark law based on a false association theory. Essentially, the campaign's use of a well-known musician's song might constitute a false endorsement or false advertising if it implies that the musician is a supporter of that candidate. 
And that was the kind of claim that was put forth by Jackson Brown in the lawsuit that he filed against John McCain. It's not an easy claim to make because the artist would have to be sufficiently well-known such that people would assume that the artist himself or herself had endorsed the campaign. So someone like Tom Petty, for example, would probably have an easier time than a lesser-known artist like Survivor, which was the Eye of the Tiger group. No offense to Survivor, but they're not quite as iconic, perhaps, as Tom Petty, so I think that he would have an easier case in that instance. I think it's important that a campaign consider the intellectual property rights of others because it shows respect for the office that these candidates are seeking. I think the complaint against Newt Gingrich makes mention of the fact that Newt Gingrich personally is the author of over 40 copyrighted works and that during his tenure in Congress, the Copyright Act was extensively amended. So this shows that he's not ignorant of copyright laws or the fact that he needs to seek permission before using someone else's work. So it makes it seem like he just doesn't care. And I think that that kind of disregard for other people's rights probably doesn't sit well with voters. And also from the campaign's perspective, the media coverage of an artist's dispute with the candidate takes the focus away from the campaign's message. So I don't think it serves the campaign well in the long run to use whatever music they like and then hope to ride out the consequences. And at this rate, it seems like Newt Gingrich won't be the last candidate forced to change his tune. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.